Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're gonna to be talking about 15 skin conditions associated with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Now, why are we so concerned about the skin? Well, for one very important reason. It is an outward manifestation of your inward health. Okay, so put another way, you can look at your skin as a proxy for what is happening on the inside of your body, such that if you have any issue with your skin, rashes, pustules, acne, hair loss, whatever, that's a sign that something is, something is going wrong inside of your body. Something is wrong with your health and so on. Now, one of the main regulators of skin function is of course your thyroid. And because Hashimoto's thyroiditis is an autoimmune disease of the thyroid gland, it makes sense that it may cause certain issues related to your skin. So I wanna talk about those issues today. Now, uh, as we go through these, it may sound pretty terrible, right? But I wanna say this in the very beginning. Number one, if you can improve your thyroid function, you can treat a lot of these issues naturally without additional therapies or without additional creams or lotions and so on. So as we go through these things, and I'll talk about other treatments at the very end here on what things you can do to fix some of these problems, I want you to keep that in mind. Most of these problems result from low thyroid function. And if they result from something else or if they're peripherally related to your thyroid in some other way or indirectly related to your thyroid, I will also let you know if that is the case. And that matters because that's how you will treat these problems if they exist. So let's go through these 15 skin conditions starting with number one, and that is dry skin. Dry skin is incredibly common among hypothyroid patients in general, but especially those with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And it occurs in about 65% of patients. The medical term for this is erosis, and typically it's occurring on the extensor surfaces uh, of the body. And that's a fancy way to describe, um, if you're looking at your arms, it would be on the forearm, it'd be on the back of the hands, and this part of your body. So this would be the flexors, if you can see that. This would be the flexor surface. This would be the extensor surface. This can occur on your back as well and also on your shins. So if you're having a lot of dry skin and it, and it is in those areas, then it may be related to your thyroid. If you're just having dry skin in general and because it's, let's say, the winter and there's not a lot of moisture in the air, well, that's a different story. That's not necessarily caused by your thyroid. So look for the pattern on the extensor surfaces um, of your hands if it's related to your thyroid. Number two would be a thickening of the skin. Now, the medical term for this is hyperkeratosis. So what ends up happening is if you have low thyroid function, the signal to stop the production of skin layers doesn't get sent to your skin. So you get a thickening and increase uh, or more layers of skin, which can cause that thickening. Now this can occur in a lot of different places, but most commonly it's occurring on the back of the hands or the joints and the knuckles, uh, especially on the feet as well. So if you see a thickening of just a buildup of skin, that could be caused by your thyroid. Next would be hives. Um, the official name for this is urticaria, by the way. And this can occur in up to 6% of patients. This is so important. I have an entire video explaining how this process occurs, but uh, we can break it down to this. If you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, you have an immune problem, right? Because that's primarily what Hashimoto's is. And since uh, hives is mediated by your immune system, it makes sense that if you have a problem with your immune system and it's causing problems with Hashimoto's, it may also cause problems with your skin. And so that's why you get, uh, some people can get hives. I would recommend that if you have this problem, you see that video because I go into much more detail on how to treat that and so on, but there is a connection between hives and Hashimoto's. Next on the list would be a large or thickened tongue. Now this is actually fairly uncommon. Um, it only really occurs in people who are very resistant to thyroid medication or to thyroid treatment, and it is usually a later sign of hypothyroidism. So most people probably won't experience this, but I did include it here just to be, um, just for completeness sake. Next would be acne. Now this is a little more common. Usually the acne associated with Hashimoto's thyroiditis is a deep cystic type of acne and it can occur all over the face. But that's not the only type. That is the type of acne that is usually associated with decreased thyroid function. You can also get um, 
a more hormonal pattern of acne, which can occur on the jawline or even in the T area um, on top of the face. Now that doesn't necessarily occur directly related to the thyroid. It's usually the thyroid's impact on your sex hormones, which then results in that hormonal type of acne. But both can be associated either directly or indirectly with Hashimoto's. Next, we have hair loss. So this might come as a surprise to you, but remember, uh, your skin has hair follicles built inside of it. And so your hair is, a, is a, an extension of your skin. So if you're having problems with your hair, that means you're having problems with your skin. So you wanna think about it in, in that term or in those terms. This occurs in about 46 to 70% of thyroid patients. So a huge number of you listening to this, statistically speaking, four to seven out of 10 people listening to this, if they have Hashimoto's, will have some issue with their hair. Again, this is another one of those really complicated topics, but most of the time, if it's related to your thyroid, you get a diffuse hair loss on the top of the head. And diffuse is a word to describe everywhere, right? So it's not just in one little area on the back of the head or on the top of the head or you know left or right or whatever. It's all over the head. You're just losing hairs. Um, you're not able to see the baby hair growth. It's coming out in the shower and so on. That's called diffuse hair loss. In addition though, the thyroid can also result in other types of hair loss. And again, I have another video explaining those types of hair loss. So if you are somebody who has hair loss and you're really trying to treat it, I would recommend that you check that video out because I talk about androgenetic hair loss, uh, which is related to the sex hormones, much like the acne is. And then the autoimmune types of hair loss, including alopecia areata. So these can all be associated with Hashimoto's, but most of the time it is that diffuse hair loss that I just mentioned. Next would be eyebrow hair loss. So just like you can have hair loss on the top of the head, it's actually very common to have hair loss on the eyebrows. But in particular, it occurs in a, in a very uh, unique pattern, and that's usually the outer one-third of the eyebrow. So you can see kind of right here. So where my finger is, that's usually where the hair loss will occur if it is related to your thyroid. You're not gonna see it up here. Um, you know, it, It's gonna be on the tail end of your eyebrow. And that is very common. In fact, that is a very sensitive sign for hypothyroidism. So if you didn't have any other symptoms and you had, um, a loss of your eyebrow hair loss on that lateral one third of your eyebrow, that is a, there's a high likelihood you have a thyroid problem. This may occur before you experience all the other symptoms of low thyroid, including weight gain, um, diffuse hair loss, like we mentioned before, constipation and so on. So definitely keep an eye on that. And by the way, also it is one of the first things that comes back when you are treating your thyroid correctly. So if you wanna know if you are taking the right thyroid medication, if you're taking the right supplements, if your diet is helping with your thyroid and so on, Keep an eye on the growth of the lateral one-third of your eyebrows because it's a very sensitive sign uh, for the onset of hypothyroid symptoms and it's a, or low thyroid symptoms, and it's a good indicator if your treatment is on the right track. The next thing that you might experience would be pale or blue-colored extremities, usually in the hands. So this goes right along with the fact that your thyroid is responsible for um, both blood flow as well as metabolism. So guess what happens if you have low thyroid function, you're gonna have a decrease in metabolism, which is what triggers the weight gain that a lot of people experience. And that also causes cold, or it causes a, a cold sensitivity because your body's not able to produce the heat that it needs to. So you end, up, you end up feeling cold all the time and so on. And that may also manifest as a decrease in coloration or pale or blue colored skin, usually in the extremities, the hands and the feet especially. Uh, usually it's not you know, on the arms or the trunk or anything like that. If you have that, if you have pale colored skin all over, that's usually a bigger problem, usually related to your heart or blood pressure or something like that. But if it's just isolated to the, to the extremities, there's a pretty good sign that it may be related to your thyroid. Next would be facial swelling, especially around the eyes. This occurs in about 38% of people and is another one of those signs that's pretty specific to thyroid function or to low thyroid function or to Hashimoto's. Remember, some of these things like dry skin, a lot of people can have dry skin and they don't have a thyroid problem. But if you wake up in the morning, and you have puffy eyes, that's, that's a different story. That's pretty unique and pretty specific 
to having an issue with your thyroid or to having an issue with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Now, this symptom usually gets better when you stand up and walk around because you're not fighting gravity anymore. Remember when you're laying down, gravity's working a little differently than when you're standing straight up. So a lot of that can drain when you, when you wake up. So you might only see it for maybe 30 minutes to an hour when you first wake up. But if you see that, that puffiness around the eye, eyes especially, that is a sign that your thyroid is not working uh, optimally. Now, a couple of these other ones that we're gonna be going over um, coming up here, they're not directly related to your thyroid, but they are conditions that can be associated with your thyroid, and I'll explain kind of as we go. So the next one would be dermatitis herpetiformis. Now, this is a skin condition associated with celiac disease. So it actually isn't caused by your thyroid, but I have included it in here because many people who have Hashimoto's also have celiac disease. And if you are somebody who is not avoiding gluten, and you have Hashimoto's, and you have the skin manifestation, that's your body telling you, you need to get off the gluten, all right? So this is the manifestation of the autoimmune disease, celiac disease, but because celiac disease and Hashimoto's frequently go together, uh, that number is as high as anywhere from five to eight to eight percent, depending on which study you look at. I've seen some that say a little bit lower and some say a little bit higher, but it's a pretty good chance that they, that, you know, maybe one in 20 to one in 10, depending on which study you look at, that you have that condition if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So I've included it in here. Another one of those autoimmune diseases which can be associated with Hashimoto's is vitiligo. Now, vitiligo occurs in about 6% of thyroid patients. This is all thyroid patients, not just Hashimoto's patients. So if we extrapolated the Hashimoto's patients subgroup, that would probably be even higher. And vitiligo is a depigmentation condition, and it results in white spots that you see um, on the skin. And really what happens is the body, instead of attacking the thyroid gland like in Hashimoto's, it's attacking the melanocytes. And when you attack the melanocytes, you can't produce melanin, which means you can't pigment your skin, which means that they turn pale or white or um, they look kind of like that. And they usually occur, they can kind of occur in different patterns, but the key here is it's usually symmetrical. So if it happens on one side of the body, it's probably gonna happen on the other side of the body, or at least pretty close. Uh, next one on the list would be weak or atrophied fingernails. Um, this one's kind of hard to explain, but if you kind of grab your fingernails like this and, and uh, press on it and, and bend it, you should, eat, you should feel a firmness to your fingernail. If you have a thyroid condition, you will not feel that firmness. It will feel weak and brittle. It will bend really easily. Um, and it just has a different texture and feel to it. So one of the things that I would recommend that you do as you treat your thyroid is keep an eye on the health of your fingernails. Just kind of bend them a little bit. The longer they get, the easier they are to bend. Uh, but even at this stage, you should be able to see how strong they are and how sturdy they are. So do keep an eye on your fingernail. They should be strong. In fact, this has happened to uh, my daughter, uh, mostly related to her diet. She doesn't have a thyroid problem. And I'll talk about some of the treatments that, that she used when we go over uh, here at the end. But some of the things that help this would be silica and choline, which are particularly effective at helping to uh, fix or, or improve fingernail health. So do keep that in mind if you have this particular problem. Next on the list would be a decreased propensity to sweat. So remember, low thyroid function impacts um, how much you are sweating such that if, you are, if your thyroid is low, you're not gonna sweat as much as you would normally. This is a big deal because one of the best ways to get rid of toxins inside of the body is through that sweating mechanism. And this is why I have a whole nother video, by the way, talking about the benefits of far infrared sauna in those people who have Hashimoto's thyroiditis because that's a way to force your body to sweat. And you really will not have an improvement in how much you sweat until you fix your thyroid. But what you can do is if you can't get your dose optimized, you can force your body to sweat by getting inside one of these saunas, heating yourself up, and it will cause you to eliminate these things, eliminate the toxins that are inside of you by forcibly increasing your body temperature, which is good for a number of reasons. I would recommend that you check out that, vi that video for a full list as to why I recommend far infrared sauna. Next would be that you will have an increased propensity to develop fungal skin infections. 
So these aren't as bad as they necessarily sound, but they can just kind of be annoying. And it's usually on the surface of the skin, usually in your skin folds, and it occurs because you have a weakened immune system, right? And it makes sense if you have Hashimoto's, those, these things go together. You have a problem with your immune system, which is causing the autoimmune attack. You have a problem with your immune system, which is uh, impacting your ability to fight and get rid of things that, you should, that shouldn't be there, such as fungal infections on the skin. And then lastly, I've included this in here because it's, it's sort of like vitiligo and like celiac disease or uh, dermatitis herpetiformis, and this is psoriasis. So psoriasis is another one of those uh, conditions that can be associated with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And it's not very, it's usually, uh, let, me, let me put it this way. It usually doesn't get missed if you have it unless it manifests in your fingernails. And that's why I've included it here. So I have actually diagnosed two to three people with Hashimoto's with psoriasis only of the fingernails. They don't have the other skin manifestation, but they have pits in the fingernails, they have lines in the fingernails, and that's kind of a, a sinister way that it can pop up, and it can be missed by, by doctors and dermatologists unless you go to the right one. People might call it a fungal infection of the skin or so on, or I mean of the fingernail. So you, I, do, I have included that in, that in here just to be complete in case you're one of those people who has these pitting or these ridges or these uh, problems inside of your nail bed. So if that's the case, then you do want to check and see if that is psoriatic or it is psoriasis. So the question is, what do you do? What do you do if you have these problems? I've, there's a lot of things, but I've come up with a, a list that you can look at to kind of get you started at least on the right track to fix these skin conditions. Because remember, if you are healthy inwardly, you should not have any manifestation of these skin problems. The skin should be looking good. It should look as if you have a glow to you almost, um, not to the point where pregnant women look like, but you should look healthy from when somebody's looking at you and looking at your skin. The first thing that you wanna do is you want to optimize thyroid function. Okay, that's very important. If you are taking thyroid medication, that means getting on the right dose. If you are doing it the all natural way, meaning that you don't need thyroid medication yet, then you need to be as aggressive as possible trying to improve your thyroid, reducing the autoimmune attack on your thyroid gland, changing your diet, and so on. Try to reduce or improve how much or how well your thyroid is functioning, either through the use of natural treatments or through the use of thyroid medication. That's very, very, very important. A lot of these conditions will just go away. They'll just magically disappear once your thyroid improves. Some may stick around, but the majority of them will just go away if you can improve thyroid function. Next would be to look at your gut. So the skin is a, is a pretty good proxy for what's happening inside of your body, inside of your intestinal tract. So if you're having problems with gut function, either because you have an imbalance of gut bacteria, maybe you have an overgrowth of certain types of bacteria or fungus, maybe you have a specific type of pathogenic bacteria that's there that shouldn't be, you can treat these problems, and as you do, you will see an improvement in your skin. In fact, one of the first places that you should look when I'm treating acne or other problems like that, rashes, so on, the first place to look is inside of the gut, and you can do that by taking probiotics, prebiotics, even taking potentially natural antibiotics or prescription antibiotics or natural antifungals or prescription antifungals if necessary. Next would be to try an elimination diet. An elimination diet is a specific type of diet that tends to be very helpful for people who have skin conditions. I've tested a lot of different diets. Yes, you can see some improvement with let's say keto even or even the paleo diet, but the elimination diet I think tends to work best for if you're having these skin problems, especially things like rashes that you don't know where they're coming from. The next thing that I'd recommend that you do is look to buy cleaner beauty products. So a lot of the products, the beauty products that you're putting on your face, maybe you're washing your hair with, some small amount of those are getting absorbed into the body. And since thyroid patients have a hard time with detoxification, they're staying in there, they may be causing problems with thyroid function, they may, and, and if you can't, de you can't get them out because the, the detoxification methods are blunted because you're not sweating as much, they're gonna stick around, cause more thyroid problems. They may even cause directly skin problems because you have, you're just hypersensitive to them now. So you do wanna use beauty products that are cleaner. There are different databases that you can look at to see the type of ingredients included in your beauty products. Um, EWG.org would be one place that you can look for those. They have a, uh, a little database that you can plug in the type 
uh, a beauty product that you're using and it will tell you how healthy or unhealthy that it is. So I'd recommend that you do that or just try to find um, beauty products that you can eat. They're, they're, if they're safe to eat, they're generally safe to put on your body. That's a good way to think about it. Then lastly, you can use certain supplements that are really healthy for the skin. These are just sort of a shotgun approach to supplements, but these are particularly helpful if you have skin conditions. So that would be fish oil, zinc, silica, and choline. These are particularly effective if you have any of the skin conditions that I've listed above, either because they're balancing your immune system or because they're helping the skin directly by providing the nutrients it needs to grow hair or to um, fight off infections or so on. So these are good supplements to take just as a shotgun approach. But again, you may need a more specific type or subset of supplements. Um, I'm just trying to give you general advice and recommendations that you can use to try and get uh, more healthier or more healthy skin. So that's all I have for you guys when it comes to on the topic of skin conditions associated with Hashimoto's thyroiditis and some of the treatments. If you have any questions about these or maybe you have skin conditions that I didn't include, please include them below and I'll add to the list. It's always good to improve or and increase the list over time just so people have an idea of what to expect if they do have Hashimoto's and if they do have skin problems. If you haven't already, make sure that you download my free thyroid PDF resources. I have tons of information all designed to help thyroid patients like you feel better and you can download those for free. And that's all I have for you guys today. So otherwise, I'll see you in the next one.